Start the party, Dan. Oh no, you got upset online. Looks like you're having a real bad time. Should have just ignored what I said. But now I've got proof that you read it. Friends, idiots, and friends are also that was, idiots. That was that was kind of I don't want to say erotic, but that was. I wanted sort to get of, seductive off the top. I was yeah. like, yeah, because I I think that was my I said like five episodes ago that I was going to, you know, say start the party, Dan, in different ways. But then this time I don't know why I got caught up in being sort of seductive because I feel like I haven't really done it. Like I said I was going to do it, but then I just keep doing the same thing every time. Yeah. So that so time this I is tried this to is get, something new, and yeah. you know what? It worked. Thank you. I, I appreciate like it. that. It was good. Uh, hello, friends, idiots, and friends who are also idiots. Welcome to your favorite podcast about social media and rejection. It is Blocked Party. This is episode number 119. I'm John. I'm Stefan. And uh, we have a great guest this week. He is, uh, well, we'll explain why he's here uh, momentarily, <laughs> uh, because, you know, it's we often talk about Twitter beefs on the show, but I don't think we've really ever confronted a, a Twitter beef directly on the show. So we're very excited to have this man on the show. He is a Jeopardy champion. He's a Ph.D. student, as they introduce him on Jeopardy. Uh, Lance St. Laurent is here. Hey, Lance. Hey, Lance. Hi, guys. Thank you so much for having me. Um as, as I'm sure we'll talk about, uh, John was very mean to me on Twitter, and uh, I was very sweet back to him, but now that he's had me on his show, uh, I can be mean to him in, to his face and say, yep. uh, the only reason I know him is because of all the more talented people he works with. Uh, <laughs> I've followed Stefan for years, I've followed Brian for years, and so... Uh, Thank you. But no, okay, obviously confusing. Um, thank you so much for having me on. It's a real honor. It's a real privilege. Uh, and uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm glad to be here. Oh no, you know, uh, John deserved right. that. John yeah, definitely deserved you know, that. You're right. I yeah. listen. I just I follow the money, baby. I'm just the guy in the back. I'm Jonah Hill and Wolf of Wall Street. I just. I just follow the big guys around and and uh, collect the bags. Uh, but, I, I yeah. think also like it's been it's been a few episodes since you've been sort of like clowned on. Like I feel True. like I've been I've been ganged up on a bit. You so this is have. a nice change of pace. Not really a change of pace. It's just like back to normal. I guess. <laughs> yeah, but it's not a change of pace at all. One thing I will say, <laughs> I love this week. Uh, someone like this is one thing that does happen on Twitter sometimes. I'm sure it happens to you, Stefan, and you too, Lance, probably that I hate. Someone did this to me this week. I guess they my name came up on the Street Fight Radio live stream because I know, Lance, you're also a big fan of Street Fight. Oh, yeah. I, and I, my, I called my, in. I called oh, in. Did you? Yeah. Okay, nice. Yeah. So that so I think it what maybe was when you had called in or I don't remember, but my name came up and someone wrote in the chat, John Cullen should be in jail. And then someone just screen capped it and tweeted it to me. I'm like, cool, man. Like, I could have lived my life not knowing that these people don't care for me or whatever. But here we are. Do, do you know why? Was it because of just like your opinions and beliefs and stuff? Or? Yeah. Yeah. I think just my general demeanor. You know, okay, people yeah, yeah. tend to not like me. I think 
I get that whenever I go in the go off Kings too. Cause I think people who like you, like there are obviously lots of people who like go off Kings and blocked party, but I do think there are people, Stefan, who are fans of yours who specifically like go off Kings because I'm not on it. So then when I go on go off Kings, they're like, <laughs> fuck you, man, stay over on blocked party. That's where you belong. You well, piece of I, shit. Think, I think they like trying to get a rise out of people. Like the, the, <laughs> whenever we have, uh, Lance, I'm sure you're familiar with, with Chris James. Oh, yeah. Uh, so whenever we have Chris on, uh, which is often, um, there'll be a few people in the chat just like trying to get a rise out of him. And what they've learned to do now is they used to like gift uh, subscriptions to funny names that were like making fun of Chris. And what Chris would do is he would ban the person gifting the subs. So what they do now is you can anonymously gift the subs. So they'll just anonymously gift a sub that makes fun of Chris and he'll just get super pissed off and then leave a lot of the time too. But uh, I don't think anyone's tried to get at you like that on on the stream john they 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 more no, is no it, it's more like, just like fuck you john cullen i hate you <laughs> you fucking suck you're a piece of shit um you're not funny i can't believe that you stefan works with you um you're ugly i hate your family uh you know it's more usually stuff like that rather than anonymous just gifted john, a sub can to I, can chris I, can james I, has a poopy diaper can, can I just say something, John? Your family is very nice. <laughs> Thank you. So are. let me let me defend your family on yeah, this. That's okay, fair. they are very sweet people. So Lance, <laughs> we can get into it a little bit because I I know that part of the reason why. So for those of you who don't know, we talked about it on the show a few weeks ago. Uh, but Lance was on Jeopardy a couple weeks ago. I'm an avid Jeopardy fan, and I often shit post about Jeopardy. No one ever. I never get called on it because you know Jeopardy people are either aren't on Twitter or they actually don't name search. So you name searched. I said that I didn't care for you on Jeopardy. You name searched, and uh, you know I think I don't even remember what my point of this was. Uh, I had an overarching point here. Oh, just that like. <laughs> No, fuck, I don't even remember. I shitposted you, and you commented, and now here we are. But th what was my point? What the fuck were we talking about? <laughs> Completely lost my road on the way to wherever I was going. I don't know. Is, is there, this is, there is there why the golf mad at you. Yeah, this is why they get really mad at me, yeah. Because I was... Well, oh, my God. I need to, like, rewind the tape and figure out what was going on. I feel like I'm having a stroke right now. I was going to relate this to something, uh, but I, I don't know. Oh, you well, Lance, you said most people were very positive towards you on twitter and i was and i was the one who stuck out as mean okay not the one you weren't the only the one okay. uh, <laughs> uh no so i'm not so i can't sing, sing, uh single you out there uh but in general you know a lot of people were like whoa i like his energy or he's having a good time and then a small uh percentage of very justifiable cranks were like this guy is too much uh, this guy has got, he seems like he might have a stroke. He seems very smug. Uh, and, uh, a couple people said I was a bad sport because I smiled when a guy, uh, lost a lot of money on his daily double. Um, oh yeah. People were mad about that. A <laughs> little bit, a little bit. Okay. It does, it, it did help that I was on an episode with a white woman named Karen who told a story about being lost in New York that people were like, racist Karen. So nobody cared about me. Uh, she was a sweetheart, by the way, but she took off any bad heat from me. That's the key, I think. I think if I was on if if I was on the show, I would want to be on with uh, people who were either bad or like did bad things. I, I mean, I don't most of the time on Jeopardy, I don't really care. I mean, I think Lance, what happened was, you know, you you showed some personality, which people often don't do on Jeopardy. And then that's just going to go one way or the other, I guess. This is this is a lesson I have learned in my life. It doesn't bother me. Um, but yes, 
I'm a big I'm a big personality. I'm a big guy. I'm loud and you know, low-key a little bit obnoxious and chatty and all this stuff. Uh, and I name searched, expecting people to say a few mean things. Honestly, uh, and it was. I mean, oh, look, people are thinking about me. People see my face, whatever. Uh, and I had fun. I know I, I did respond to you, and I responded to a few other people, uh, not to obviously antagonize people, but more to, like, give them a little give them a little rattle, you know? Be like, hey, oh, yeah. I see this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I liked it for sure. I mean, I definitely think, because basically what had happened was there was another Jeopardy champion on the season named Brian, who I really did not care for at all. And I had like a very, I had a long tweet. I had a thread like every day that he won. I was because he won like seven days and I was pissed every day. And I didn't think he was very good. He was like getting lucky and he was a smug lawyer. I didn't care for him anyway. So that just went on for like seven days. And I think that's what really buoyed my confidence because nothing ever came of that. He never saw it, whatever. So then when I shit posted you, I was like, yeah, people don't. And the ironic part is that my fiance, Becca, did actually say she's like, you have to stop posting mean things about people on Jeopardy because they can probably see them and maybe they'll find them. And I was like, it's not going to find it. It doesn't matter. And it was like five minutes after I posted it. You were just like, boom, I'm right here. I I also feel like you're you're verified. Right, so you're no, just like the no. algorithm is going to show. You, oh no, no, no! Uh, John, John is verified. Oh, so, oh, yeah. so, 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 yeah. you should be verified, Lance. You're you're a Jeopardy champ. You should be verified. Uh, <laughs> that should take be the automatic and criteria. And and let me just say this: when you're verified, it's it's so much fun. You just drive people fucking insane. Yeah. Just posting like normal shit. It's it's fantastic. But I think uh, with with John, his tweets are probably going to show up more often in in like the the searches, or they'll, they'll show up closer to the top potentially. Um, and I guess especially if you follow him as well, right? So uh, like obviously that's going to show up even quicker too. Like, did you see it basically immediately when you searched? I, okay, I got to be honest. The day. So I filmed this in December, so I had a couple of months to get excited about it and to hype it up, and, you know, I'm extremely online. Uh, So I did spend the majority of that night, like, on Twitter, looking up reactions, looking up this and that. Obviously, I got a lot of friends, of course, who were making good memes, too. Uh, But, you know, I just wanted to see what the chatter was. And so it did, yeah, it popped up pretty quick. It did look like I was a bit of a stalker looking for any criticism of myself. But that was only partially true. Um, But... Like I said, I had no hard feelings about it, and I still don't, uh, especially because, and this is absolutely true, I do the same thing. I don't post about him as much, but even while I was filming, I was watching Jeopardy on the TV, the ones that were filmed a couple months before that, and there was this guy who kept winning. I can't remember his name, but me and my girlfriend watching was like, this guy sucks. He is a drip. He is boring. He has no personality. And then he got his revenge on me by dying the day that my episode premiered and taking all of my thunder. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) That is 100% true. He was clogging up the jeopardy. Yeah, by dying. Uh, Sorry to him and to his family. Oh, you're talking about Brayden. Yes. Oh, I I liked Brayden. I thought he was really nice. I mean, he seemed nice enough, but it was, again, this is, I guess it's where I'm coming from is I, I'm like, I want to see some energy. And right. He, sure. Um, I mean, and- my, my, my favorite Jeopardy contestants are, it, it's when there's someone who is like very like 
traveled and like very like successful and so like i remember one there was a, a guy who was like worked at like the pentagon or something mm-hmm. uh and and had been working there for like 30 years and and you know had flown like air force one like multiple times and stuff and so he's telling like when it comes to the anecdote that's where it gets good because like he'll go and tell his story about like uh like playing pool with president obama and then some some like lady from a small town will go will go next and be like uh yeah um i i was at this uh this this taping where this guy in my hometown tried to uh, uh beat the world record for most maple syrup uh, chugged in 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 like 10 minutes and uh, he didn't get it but it was it was very close and it's just like at that point i feel like they have to ask the person with the good anecdotes to like tone it down a little bit because you can't you can't ask the person with the bad anecdotes to be like can you do something better because that is just kind of mean you have to be like to the very cool person like can you like be a bit worse and like lamer so i can actually give you a little behind the scenes on the anecdotes and things like that uh yeah. because obviously they want you to be prepared so they actually have you write five anecdotes and then also fill out this form that's all full of extra information in case your anecdotes are boring i guess or if you last forever um, so they definitely try to see like, well, which one do you want to do? We kind of like this one. We think this one is the best. And now that I know that I am extremely baffled by the ones that do make it to the show. I saw one recently that a guy's anecdote was that he takes the test all the time and his mother loves to remind him to take the test. That's, that's, that's not a story. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's not even an observation. I feel, I feel like every contestant takes the test all the time, right? Yeah. I took the Presumably? test all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it's a we. I know some, and I know that too because I read past guest Claire McNear. I read her book about Jeopardy, and she had sort of said the same thing that like you don't actually know which anecdote they're going to choose. It's sort of up to the host. They have kind of a list, and they just pick whatever one in the moment seems the most interesting uh-huh. to them, or whatever the case. And I feel like, uh, yeah, I, I feel, I, and so then that was very baffling to me too, because as you said, sometimes the stories too are just like, oh, so you're a huge fan of Jeopardy, <laughs> you know, like it essentially amounts to that. Like, oh, you grew up watching Jeopardy a lot. And they're like, yeah, I really loved Jeopardy when I was growing up and it, this is like a lifelong dream for me. And it's like, yeah, presumably everyone on Jeopardy watched Jeopardy yeah. growing up. Like, what does that even yeah, mean? I did not meet uh. anybody there that was like, I don't know, I tried this, I've never watched this show, but I like <laughs> trivia. No, everybody there was like deep yeah. into, I mean, as much as you can call a game show as having lore, like deep into the Jeopardy lore. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. totally, right? That's exactly, yeah, you don't have someone who's just like, yeah, I don't know. Like, I just um, I won my like county uh, pub quiz. Uh, the, all the pubs faced off, and I won. And now I'm here, and like this seems kind of crazy. I watched a couple episodes. I didn't really get it, um, but you know, I, I'm pretty good at trivia. So we'll see what happens. Uh, <laughs> that's that's my goal. I want to get on, and I want to have a really boring anecdote. That's my uh, that's my. Th- I will not because I mm-hmm. have interesting ones, and I don't want. I found this season, Lance. You've probably noticed podcasting is coming up so much, and I think it's partly because they were doing only California mm-hmm. contestants for a while. But this season has been very like I host a podcast, I produce a podcast, whatever. And then it was really funny because Andy was on, uh, who has like a legitimate. He want, He was like a five day champ, and he has like a legitimately yeah. massive podcast that's very popular. I can't remember his last name, but I think it's because science is the podcast or whatever. And then 
other people will be like, yeah, like I'm a podcaster and uh, I have a podcast about this. And you like look it up and it's like they haven't done an episode in two years. It has one <laughs> iTunes review. It's like, did you just write this down to seem cool or what the fuck was going on? It was very odd. A host very of a odd. podcast I listened to was a contestant recently. He didn't win. So that does make me question if I can should continue listening to him. Uh, but uh, no, I'm kidding. Uh, Elliot Kalen of the Flophouse, who is extremely funny. He was a contestant. Oh, yeah. Um, but it's, yeah, the I, I did sort of stress over the anecdote, which even though I knew that so many of them are like dreadfully, drastically boring, I kind of ended up feeling like they pushed me towards my second one and I wanted to do a different one. And then I was like, well, you're the producers. I'll do the one you want to do. And I ended up feeling like that one was kind of boring. Although a couple what, of my What was friends, the one you wanted to do? Uh... Just because I think it has a fun punchline, I wanted to do the one where I once introduced a screening of Space Jam hosted by Chicago Bulls' uh, Zach Zach Levine, despite the fact that I don't watch basketball and I hate Space Jam. <laughs> so that has a punchline, okay. kind of. Nice. Yeah, uh, it I, does. You know. Yeah, yeah, it's always good. Because that doesn't, because that, you're right, like a lot of them, a lot of the people who are on Jeopardy, of course, are like yeah. massive nerds who are very antisocial and they don't understand that a story, even in like a 10 second snippet, can have a beginning, <laughs> middle and an end. So often it's just like they ask the question <clears throat> and it just sort of, and I think that's where like, you know, people would always point out that Alex Trebek would say good for you, but he would normally say that. I don't even think he said it in like a denigrating way. I mean, I think sometimes he did, but for the most part, he would tell it because there didn't there wasn't like a clear end. It was just the person would just kind yeah. of trail off and then he'd be like, all right, good. That's good. Good for you. Uh, you know, like and so at least, yeah, when you have that clear end of the story, even if it's not you know, going to pop the audience or whatever, at least it's like a contained mm -hmm. moment. Uh, yeah. So what I'm about to gonna, about to say is going to make me sound like the least funny person you've ever met, uh, which okay. is that I study comedy academically a lot. Um, so, you know, again, I'm maybe a grad student and therefore in this sort of boring milieu, but at least I do understand like how a setup and a punchline and, you know, a little like, you know, take your audience on a little bit of a walk and it's got a nice ending. And then, yeah, yeah. but yeah, yeah. Nothing makes me sound less fun than the fact that it's like, yes, I, I so I have a girlfriend uh, and when I met her sister, oh yeah, yeah congrats right for me. Um, <laughs> when I met her sister for the first time, I said, oh yeah, I study film. I'm act, you know, do these academics. One of the things I study, specialize in is comedy. And she goes, so you explain jokes for a living. <laughs> and I, a little bit, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. There was a comedian in Vancouver for a while who um, basically exactly that was doing his like PhD in, in linguistics, but like with a bent mm -hmm. on like humor and like why jokes work and all that kind of stuff. And so it was really funny because I feel like I don't know if I could be a comedian after that. Like, it's just really hard to, you know, once you break it down, uh, it becomes less interesting. I, feel. I, I certainly don't find that it becomes less interesting, but it does like you do start to see like the gears working, the machinery yeah. being put together. Yeah. Uh, so uh, <laughs> this is probably going to get me canceled uh, preemptively. Uh, but OK, yeah, that's always a good was, start. This was 2013 
when I say this, 2013, keep in mind the okay. year, uh, I wrote my undergraduate thesis on Louis C.K. So, okay. <laughs> yikes. Mm. Yeah. yeah I mean, it was, a good, it was a good piece of Ooh. writing that I can't use for anything now, <laughs> ever. Oh, no. Yeah, that's really yeah. unfortunate. What was the, like, just like the structure of his jokes? Like, jokes? Uh, no, I, well, because I study film, it was more about his show uh, in particular. Mm. And, but it was related right. to stand up. It was just, uh, this is not entertaining podcasting, but, you know, it's just about how the show takes <laughs> the. Okay. This, this podcast is okay. rarely yeah. entertaining, Lance. It's totally Don't worry. fine. Yeah. Uh, You're good. Well, then it was just about how the show, as opposed to taking like narrative cues from sitcoms, it took sort of its narrative structure from stand up itself, sort of being like associative and genre bending. And, you know, it was right. full of way too much praise that I can't repeat anymore. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's, it happens, yeah, I you know. I I, I do want to I do want to call John out for something. I guess congratulate him almost because uh, what I forget this was a couple episodes ago, right? The the with with Brent Butt, the Grim Reaper thing, right? Where you said the Grim Reaper yeah. was one of your favorite monsters, uh, and I I yeah. sort of pushed. Not fate. Was it favorite? Was it favorite? I think it was monsters? favorite. Or like best. Mo- it was just best monsters. I think in general, and I pushed yeah. back on that, and so did. A, a, a lot, lot of the people Discord did. did. A lot a of Twitter did. A lot of did. people did not agree with me that the Grim Reaper I, is no, so, just like a dead guy. That so I still stand behind that. I, he's one guy. If it's just if it's just one guy, it's very tough for just one guy to be a monster. Unless it's like like Frankenstein, that's a monster. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Wolfman, that's a monster. But but the Grim Reaper is just like is just like a guy who like represents death. Like he's not a monster. But <laughs> I got so okay. I did get. The sentence you just spoke was so dumb. Well, it's about by to get away. You're like, well, one guy can't be a monster, except for these yeah, several but they don't, examples. But they don't, I they don't represent a like a concept or something, right? Do you agree, Lance? <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna both, I'm gonna split the difference here and say what okay. Stefan said sounded extremely stupid, but agree with the substance of what he said, which is okay. that like the Grim Reaper is more of like a concept. He's a symbol. He's like, yes. you know, nobody like tells stories about. You know, being chased. Well, I guess they might. Uh, but you know, there's no horror movies about like the Grim Reaper as a character with a mythology. He's just like a, you know, it represents yeah. the specter of death. Uh, I don't know. I mean, scary movies one through That's three. That's not a Grim Reaper. Uh, come That's on. That's not a Grim Reaper. <laughs> I mean, no. sort of. Is, doesn't he still carry the scythe? Even though he's, he's wearing got the, the robe. Mask no, he is, he's no. yeah. He's a, he's yeah. Uh, he's got a knife. I thought. He's supposed to be Ghostface from Scream. Oh, he's got a kitchen knife. This is why I'm working on so, my PhD, all this film knowledge. I, uh, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, yeah, I know I'm, I famously, Lance, uh, do not watch movies. Uh, I watch about 10 a year, so you can fill in the gaps uh, that I have left on this show for many now, years. Now, I, I can't find the, the picture I'm looking for, but the reason I'm bringing this up is because I... Yeah, you said you're going to congratulate me. I'm still well, waiting. For I'm not. I'm. I'm. I'm going back on that. I'm. 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 I'm taking some steps back on that. What? Because no, you can't. You already no, said you're going to. No, but I convinced myself uh, otherwise. Because okay, so here it is. This is this is actually proof. This is <laughs> okay. proof what? that so. And someone raised a good point on on Twitter when when you posted this on the Block Party account. But basically, what happened is I got the Dragon Quest Encyclopedia of Monsters. It's very cool. It's all, and what does that all, even mean? What speak to me about these, this? Because all it's a, I, nice, it's a nice coffee what table. What happened? Book. Was, it's all it's all the monsters from Dragon yeah. Quest, which is a very 
from which is Dragon uh, Quest. my new obsession. I've been I've been playing just I've put like sixty hours in probably in the last two weeks. This is a game. A, a, a what, video what is game, it? right? What, what do you do in the yes. game? Okay. Yeah, it's yeah. a it's it's a JRPG. It's been around for like thirty years, I think, at this point. Um, and what I like about it is that all the monsters and characters are designed by the guy who created Dragon Ball and like Dragon Ball Z. And so all the characters okay. have a very similar vibe to to Dragon Ball. And so it's the type of game where because I didn't even know what it was. All I saw was the title you had so for we should fill people in who didn't see this so on your instagram you just posted a picture of the front of this and it just said encyclopedia of monsters and i said see if the grim reaper is in there and then the grim reaper was in there and you said but so so here's the thing the grim reaper i showed you was like an orange guy right and he was like floating and he had the scythe and everything there's also a blue one in here Right. So that so so that's no, even more it's not. proof. He's it's in not. There twice. And the other point is that these aren't. How is that? These, not are, these aren't proof. like a final boss, right? This, there's not. There's not just like a one off of these. You you kill like dozens of these. There's not dozens of Grim Reapers. There's one Grim Reaper. What the hell are so you talking about? So that can't be the about? Grim Reaper. He's he's Grim. Are he's, you fucking he, kidding he, me with this right now? You're saying because there's multiple of them, they can't be considered a monster. I know. It's a, it's a monster. It's just not the Grim Reaper. It's Grim Reaper adjacent. What are you talking Lance, about? Back you me are up here, lost, Lance. I, man. Okay, I you know I can't really speak to the Dragon Quest of it all, but I will say I sort of like conceive <laughs> of the Grim Reaper as less a monster and more like you ever see those drawings of like the wind where it's like a man with big cheeks blowing? Like, yes, is that a monster? It represents sort of this abstract idea. <laughs> Grim Reaper is like how do we personify death? Same thing. I mean, Lance, if you were, if you had tied yourself to a tree with rope in the middle of a hurricane so you don't blow away, then yes, the wind man okay. is the a wind monster. The wind is a monster to you now? The wind is a monster? <laughs> this is where we're going with this? Only the, no, only the depiction of the wind Yeah, but there's usually, there's usually yeah. four of them because they're, they're all in the corners of the map, right? There's, there's the, if you look at an old timey map, there's, so again, are you going back to the fact that there's yeah, four there's of multiple them, they can't them. be considered a no, monster? No, wait, no, never mind. Uh, they're, but they're all different. They're four individual ones because they're like the different types of wind. But I, like I would consider them, it's not, so going back to the video game analogy, because I'm, I, I need to dumb it down a little bit to, to, you know, get on the same page here. I think you've already made it. Quite I'm gonna dumb. make it dumber. I think that's so, your problem. So again, if if there if if you if it's a, if it's an enemy you can encounter in a random encounter, uh, it's 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 a monster. Wait, no. What am I? No, it's not. What am I talking about? I know. I forgot my argument. <laughs> yeah, you Hold don't on. even know. I know. This is. Let's go back to the Grim Reaper thing here. This is what, like me at the beginning of the okay, show when so, I completely no, no. So lost here, my What I'm point. saying here is that yes, the the Grim Reaper style monster in the Monster Encyclopedia is a monster, but it is not the Grim Reaper because it's because there's multiple of it. If it was the Grim Reaper, it would just be one. It'd be one guy. He'd be fighting death at the end of it. You know, like the, he'd be a big boss. He'd be a final boss, Pro- probably the last boss I would imagine. But these are just guys you you wander into a crypt and you encounter like four of these guys just <clears> chilling. <throat> Okay, but isn't there only, for example... I wish people could have seen the look on Lance's face I, right there of dumbfounded. I want to I I be on your side, Stefan. Uh, but, Thank like, you. isn't there only one, like, Loch Ness monster? Isn't yes. 
So, yeah, uh, but I but, I, but remember, I said there was one Frankenstein too, and yeah. there's one. But it's so it's more it's it's a combination of of the things. There's one of there's one of the Grim Reaper. Okay. And he also represents an abstract concept. Okay. These guys don't represent a- abstract concepts. These are just these are just creatures. These are just okay. little creatures wandering around, right? So the Grim Reaper is not some creature wandering around. John, would you would you agree to that? The Grim Reaper is not. Uh, there's not a group of Grim Reapers wandering around. Blurry photos in the woods with the guy with this. No, yeah. none of those. Yeah, but I, I still. I mean, I still think you haven't even no. made a point. I think I've made several. <laughs> <laughs> like I think you're just. <laughs> You're just walking around in a circle here. Like, I don't because you've you've essentially counteracted your own point Mm -hmm. multiple times by giving new evidence that counters your original point. But then giving. But but then in that case, (laughs) I I've also made good points then logically. (laughs) Look, his argument may be circular, but it is a perfect circle. And that is the strongest structure in nature. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay, come Absolutely. on now. It is not. I mean, I still stand by the fact that Grim Reaper okay, is a monster. Okay, but can you can you at least I agree that the be... monster depicted in this encyclopedia is not a Grim Reaper? I know nothing about Dragon l- l- Quest, l- 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 so l- I may look know. up the name of the monster because it's in it's it's in Japanese, so I, I can't see what the. All I know is that you have a book called Encyclopedia of Monsters on sure. the front, and the Grim Reapers inside it. That's all I know. Okay, those are the facts that I'm dealing with. Okay, right there, here. Is, there is there and Lance has a Jeopardy champion can probably admit that you know usually if you can find a fact in something called an encyclopedia that is the correct so there is fact. a monster in dragon quest called the grim reaper but it's like a it's but, oh. but, but it's like a scarecrow okay there's always a butt with I know. you, Stefan. look there's at this always look at this. A this so this monster yes this monster is called a grim reaper but click on this link and the, that does not look like a grim reaper right it's like a little it's like a little voodoo doll with a scythe it does have a scythe Granted, but it's not. I mean, I would actually argue that this is even more proof that it's a monster because this shit looks scary no, as hell. It's, no, come on. No. You don't think that looks scary to you? If that came into your room in the middle of the night, you would not be scared by that. Uh, okay, terrify so, me. Can, thank you, Lance. Thank you. I, you know, and it's nice to have a guest that, that makes sense can, for once. Normally, people come on here and they're like, yeah, Stefan's got a lot of good ideas. And I'm like, are you fucked? Uh, so it's nice that I have a fellow intellectual. We need to get a, we need to get a dumb guest next week. Stupid. We need to get a stupid guest next yes. week. <laughs> okay. Yeah, Lance is like verifiably I know. intelligent. This is, he's this a is Jeopardy fucking champion. over here. Okay. So you're getting so, fucked. He's a he's a PhD I know. student. So, look, you're the, fucked. The, the monster Stephen. in the Dragon Quest encyclopedia that that you thought is called the Grim Reaper is called a spirit. So it's just like a ghost. Okay. So. And are you saying a ghost is not a monster? No, I say as well? I'm saying that is a monster. I, I agree. The monster oh, okay. in the the okay, the monster in the encyclopedia is it is a monster. Okay, I agree, 100. Okay. It is a monster. What I'm saying okay. is that that is not a Grim Reaper because there are multiple of it. But then we looked up the Grim Reaper, which also looks yeah, but like it doesn't ghost. look like the Grim Reaper. Okay, <laughs> okay, so, okay. There's some slippery like articles going on here. An A Grim Reaper mm. versus the Grim Reaper. <laughs> yes, I think John is talking about. Like the, you know, platonic ideal of the Grim Reaper that we all have in our the head. Main with guy. The, yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I can definitely agree with you that that guy named the Grim Reaper personifying death with the robe and all that shit uh, is not in your book. It, but the, the idea of the Grim Reaper is like weirdly dispersed all throughout this Japanese video game. It's very bizarre. Um, yes. Yeah, so part I think aspects of the Grim Reaper are monstrous. I would say, you know, his scythe is very sharp. 
He's a skeleton. <laughs> he wears a robe. But the Grim Reaper, the singular Grim Reaper, the guy is not a monster. He's just a guy. Aspects of the Grim Reaper are monstrous. However, the Grim Reaper is not. I a think monster. that sums it up pretty nicely. We just put a bow on it. Airtight. Yeah. I, I have no oh notes. Oh my yep. god. Spe- <laughs> Speaking of putting a bow on things, let's move on to our social media updates. Boy, was it smooth. Stefan and John are gonna bring you the news. Prepare for a feast of rarefied takes. Terrible tweets from verified greats. They'll bring their personal feed to you with an update on their social, social, social media. Sorry, I just I had to stop thinking about the Grim Reaper. Uh, <laughs> just moving on. Uh, Lance, we always like to start with the guests. What's going on in your social media? Um, well, uh, as you can imagine, in the past few weeks, my social media has been extra active. And uh, I've taken on, you know, quite a lot of new followers who I haven't yet fully alienated yet. So that's nice. Um, but as opposed to just like talking about what's going on in my Twitter. Uh, I will say just what I've been looking at on Twitter this morning. You guys watch WandaVision? The, the Marvel show? I haven't watched oh, it yet, no. I, I've watched it. I've, I've enjoyed it. I think I know exactly what you're going to be talking about. Yeah. Has, well, okay, Stefan, have you seen that uh, some person shared a little snippet from an episode that basically is like grief. It's just love enduring or something like that. And somebody yes. shared it and goes like, that sound you hear is all of the screenwriters in Hollywood whispering under their breath fuck because of how good this is um, yes the, the, the line from the show is is <laughs> I, i've got it in front of me here is vision talking to to wanda and saying but what is grief if not love persevering that's it which is like okay that's a Beautiful. fine line but it's Beautiful. but i think because it's Beautiful. on a marvel show and like marvel fans are completely insane they get anything that's like semi-serious and they're just like oh my god mm-hmm. this is brilliant you know but uh, but but all morning, all of my friends, acquaintances, and other people in the you know sphere that we call film Twitter, uh, which some people hate even calling it that, have been just sort of memeing this and f- making ga- uh, gags about it. Uh, so I'll just share my favorite one, which is somebody shared that exact tweet. The you know what? Let me pull it up. I don't want to. I don't want to fuck it up. Uh, the exact tweet where it's like that sound you hear is every screenwriter in Hollywood saying fuck because of how good this is. Uh, but they shared uh, a picture of Kenny Powers from Eastbound and Down saying this beautiful yeah. sunset rocks my nuts off. So <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've been meaning to rewatch uh, Eastbound and Down. I, I just did. That show Becca so and much. I just rewatched it or well, God. Becca had never seen it before. And so I showed it to her and we rewatched it uh, like a couple months ago. And it's, so I mean, it, it is just, it's incredible. I watched alien covenant last night and Danny McBride is like the best part of that movie. Oh. Oh. And he's so funny. Yeah. I Play saw that. him back there. What yeah. a beauty. There you go. He, yeah. he and Buster, they live back there. Uh, you guys watch Righteous Gemstones, right? That's some good, oh, unbelievable. Oh, it's what it's a great so show. Funny. And Vice Principals, too, I loved. Oh, yes. I loved yes. it all. I mean, it's yeah. it's so great. And, you know, I, I love Eastbound and Down, too, is, was funny to rewatch because um, now that, like, Ike is a, is a guest, has been a guest on our show, and he's a friend of Blocked Party, um, it's fun to, like, go back and see, like, he's so funny in it. <laughs> Uh, I just, yeah, it's awesome. I, the, I loved the, it. the Russian pitcher. Yes. Exactly. With the haircut. Yeah. For no reason. There's just a famous <laughs> Russian pitcher. Uh, yeah, it's, it's so great. 
That does remind me. One thing I did wanted to say is uh, I feel very proud to be the least famous and least funny person you've ever had on your show. It's a real honor. Um, <laughs> That's not true. That's not true. Yeah, we've had, we've had Jesse famous. on like five times. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had to get one of those in. I like that. That was a good dig. Uh-huh. I, uh, uh, Lance, did you? I just want to say, did you see the reply to that original post from someone saying, "Honestly, one of the best lines I've ever heard in anything ever." Someone replied to them and said, "Watch more shit, dude. Good God!" And then I think this is going to be like it's it's like it's like the inception of of like copy pasta, basically. So mm-hmm. this is the next thing, which is the guy replied to that and said, "I have a degree in film directing. I've seen well over three thousand movies and written three screenplays. I've studied Kurosawa." Uh, Kubrick, Tarantino, and Scorsese. I saw Wings when they remastered in 2012 at the TSA, TCM Film Festival. I also studied Shakespeare. You don't know me at all. And this is about uh, <laughs> the superhero TV show on Disney. Yeah. WandaVision. Yeah. 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 Uh, Which is a fun show. I'm enjoying it, but it's like yeah. just, it's a fun show. Like that's, it, it's a comic book show. Yeah. It's uh, nothing else. I, I don't love it. Uh, I am a snob. Uh, I don't love it, but I will, you know, just to counteract that guy. Uh, I've got two degrees in film. I'm working on my third. Um, I'm a Jeopardy champion. Um, uh, high school valedictorian. Um, nice. Uh, yeah. Um, and uh, I think it's donkey piss, so he can fuck off. <laughs> I like. I did. The, I'll uh, say I, I enjoyed the. Uh, one, sorry, I keep interrupting you. John, yeah, you, but I'll you say, do. And I know. You know what? I think it just all comes back to the Grim Reaper thing. You're still. It, it does. I'm still fine. pissed about that. Okay. But I, I will say the one thing. I, I mean, the one thing I enjoyed was that. Uh, the the Malcolm in the Middle episode because I feel like no one really says enough about Malcolm in the Middle and how fun that show was so I, I did enjoy that but excellent show loved it yeah fantastic show uh, okay. anyway John, I, what I ahead. wanted to do was just credit uh, John Semley he's a friend of the show who was the one who had the Eastbound and Down tweet uh, to start with. And I was going to say, Stefan, that tweet kind of reminds me of sort of the opposite thing that happened. Uh, Remember when you and Rob won that Amazon screenwriting contest and then that screenwriter like subtweeted you about it? For some reason, this felt like the same vibe to me, which was very funny. For those of you who don't know, Stefan and Rob uh, wrote a script about... Um, I guess, Stefan, do you want to explain it a little bit? It was kind of about like um, the sort of the sort of movie equivalent of NPCs, right? Yeah, like henchmen and stuff. And like, I, you know, I don't think it was necessarily the most original idea. And it, it wasn't like an Amazon contest at one, I think. But it was like the it, some Amazon like screenplay submission site. And it was like the number one okay. most popular thing on there or whatever. And Got it. People I, thought were reading you had, it I thought it was some it. sort of like green light contest or something like that. No, no. Okay. I, I, if, if that was, a, I wouldn't be here if that was. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but. <laughs> Um, but yeah, then someone, uh, who I think follows me now and like, is, is like fine. Like, I, I don't know. I, I guess, uh, they, they were feeling pissy that day or whatever, but they like subtweeted and was like, you know, like, uh, was, I don't know who, let, needs, let who me needs rip, to hear let, this. Let me rip the bandaid off. Yeah. Yeah. Let me rip the bandaid off. Like everyone has come up with a, an idea about henchmen, which honestly is probably true, but it was sort of the, the phrasing was like, you know, it and was Rob and I were basically funny. just like kids at that point. Yeah. Too, you but, guys. Yeah, totally. This was like yeah, six but, years ago, five years ago. What can you do? So, I mean, now I got, uh, uh, I talk about the internet on, on, on the internet. So yeah. So who's, who's who's the real winner? Suck it guy. I guess that guy. Is film Twitter as bad as I think it is, Lance? I mean, again, I'm not a movie guy, but it just seems like it would be an insufferable place of one upsmanship constantly. Uh, yes and no. Um, it's full of the worst horrors you can find on Twitter, but also some really lovely people that I, uh, proud to call my online friends and, 
you know, a lot of people with really good politics, too. It's, you know, like the left right. Twitter film Twitter intersection is uh, pretty big. Is there like um, now do you is it hard for you having studied it for so long to like take people seriously who just have like regular opinions? Because I, I feel that way sometimes about certain things. You know, if, if you feel like you've dedicated a lot of your life to this and Twitter has a way of just putting everyone on the same level playing field. Does that ever like get, you know, piss you off? Not really. Um, in general, especially, you know, I'm, I'm a PhD student, so I have to teach. So I have to deal with 18 year olds all day uh, right. who have film opinions, some of which are uh, very well informed and erudite and some of which are just, you know, dumb shit. Uh, <laughs> But Honestly, I, Boondock Saints is the best fucking movie ever. Have yeah. you seen the allegory in that thing? It's incredible. <laughs> so the thing for me <laughs> is that I just generally think, you know, if you're coming at it with love and appreciation and whatever, it's like, you know what? You enjoy the movies you want to enjoy. I just get very... I, the only thing that gets me frustrated is when I see people like make broad claims about like history or try to like defend corporate swill as being like all there is and all there should be. But, you know, liking a movie that I think is bad does not get me upset. And uh, because I want to be able to tell other people what movies I think are shit without them getting upset. Uh, so <laughs> that's fair. That's a very yeah. I feel like that's a very mature opinion to have. Um, speaking of mature opinions, Monsters University is the greatest film ever made. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm joking. That's not even close to my favorite Pixar movie. Stefan, what's going on on your social media? Well, uh, this is a bit of Canadian content. Uh, this it. is this is kind of your neck of the woods, I, I think, John. Okay, uh, is is this relatively uh, York in in Ontario? Is that is that in York? Toronto or like, like York University? Yeah. I, I guess so. I believe this York is York is uh, not really a place. There's East York and North York, but there's it's not East York. I think is, is oh, what I'm thinking of here. Yes. Yeah. He's got a little Canada beanie going on. Wow. Here. What even is it. that? Why does it have two snapbacks oh, oh. on it? I don't That's know. Incredible. It's, it's a million years old, but I have it and I just love it. And you said, Canada, I love it so. too. Holy smokes. That's awesome. Oh my God. The double snapback beanie. Or two, because we would say, I would we call it's that not two, even really? a no. To me, it's to that me, it's what beanie, we would like, call a beanie, like a propeller. It should have the on propeller. The top. Yeah, yes, exactly. exactly. Yeah. Wow, I love that. that oh is my god. Incredible. Um, but yeah, uh, essentially, there was a there was a video going around Twitter the past couple of days, and what it is, and I'll read the tweet uh, about the news story. East York residents are trying to okay, save a yeah. parking so East lot. East York. Yeah. Yeah are trying to save a parking lot that's slated to be turned into an affordable housing development for the homeless. And I don't think we have to watch this whole video, but there's a quote. And Lance, I think you've probably seen this. Uh, I, I, I don't, have you seen the video? Or uh, it's, it's incredible. Okay. Uh, there's a quote very early on in this from a man named Steve Bland. Uh, <laughs> of course. <laughs> that, that, is, that just really sums up uh, this whole group of people trying to... Uh, sums up a group of people uh, led by a guy named Steve Bland. Yes, trying to save uh, their, their local parking lot. Uh, and, and so let's, let's play the clip, Dan. Very concerned about what we've just discovered. Until now, neighbors were in the dark when it came to the future of this East York parking lot. 
and I was quite surprised about that. Soon to be turned into 64 units of affordable housing for the city's homeless. The community depends on this site. Steve Bland has been in the area near Woodbine Avenue and O'Connor Drive for 11 years. This parking lot is a hub, it's the heart of a community. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you can stop it, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god it's so much better than you could even imagine like just how bad is your community if the heart this of it is, is where people park to go community. do other things Holy oh fuck. god damn that is wild <laughs> what is wrong with people what are they like how do you not think about that before it comes out of your mouth? I mean, that that is the worst example of, of like nimbyism I think I maybe have ever seen where like it's I, I mean, I don't know that there's a good example of it, but like to, to defend a parking lot and to and then to use the phrase, this is the heart of our community. Maybe you should be working on improving your community, dude, if, if the heart of it is where people park their cars. I mean, it's just I mean, I, I don't know. It's that, the that hub. Are there it's a lot the of people in the hub? I mean, I feel like there's a lot of people like that in in every city, basically. But like, do you know East York, John? Is that an East York thing? Does that surprise you? <laughs> I mean, it's just like uh, East York is just like any other suburb of Toronto, really. It's not right. The, the thing with with Toronto is that um, it's really uh, the 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 suburbs of Toronto don't really have super distinctive personalities necessarily, other than demographics, may, perhaps. Like, you, you know, there are certain areas where certain cultures congregate and that kind of thing. And so you do have some variance in that sense um, where you might have, a, you know, a, a particular immigrant population located in sort of one suburb and that sort of changes the the scope of it. But like for the most part, Toronto suburbs are just kind of all exactly the same and there's really nothing particularly special about any of them. Uh, and And one does not stick out over the other. So this is just a very suburb of toronto type thing to me uh big, i mean big i'll time. say the the positive side of this is that maybe this guy making such a jackass out of himself on tv will get people like thinking and being like hey maybe we should build this you know like that sounds <laughs> completely insane that he's defending the parking lot you know i was just really struck i don't know why by the mental image of like a group of breakdancing teens trying to save their local <laughs> parking lot <laughs> yeah this is where we lay the cardboard down and we uh-huh. go crazy you know yeah i think they're, they're trying they're trying to pave the parking lot and put up a community center yeah. you know we can't have that yeah, yeah, exactly yeah. they paved paradise and put up a parking lot which is the heart and hub of our community <laughs> bop, bop. <laughs> it's the thing is too is like this is a classic and i mean i i know i'm not saying anything that anyone listening to this episode has not already figured out but it's just the like they don't want they view this as like going to increase crime in their community or whatever right like so there's you just how can you defend a parking lot right like that's what this guy's obviously trying to like go through in his brain uh, in his very small brain obviously of like what's a way that i can say that i don't want poor people living near me without saying i don't want poor people living near me you know i'm amazed yeah. he didn't just say there's not enough parking in this neighborhood. We need this. That's so practical and has no racial undertone and doesn't make you sound like a weird, bland moron who loves a parking lot. Yeah, totally. I didn't. You're, you're so totally I, I, right. I didn't. Wa- I didn't watch the rest of the video, John. But I feel like there is a chance he probably just said we don't like poor people. So like, don't. <laughs> 
that's speaks fair. our sin. No, that, you know? that, 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 yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. John, what's uh, what's going on in your social well, media? Actually, I know what's going yeah, on. Yeah, you know. And this. Uh, this is so... <laughs> <laughs> so on uh, on a recent uh, bonus episode, uh, which is now available on our Patreon uh, with Dave and Graham from Stop Podcasting Yourself, uh, Stefan, you had brought up the the infamous James Joyce letters, uh, where Lance, I don't know if you're familiar with these, but uh, James Joyce had the horny ones. And the yes, ones exactly. Yes. Fart love. Yes, that's precisely. Right. Uh, yeah. So I know them. Uh, Okay. Yes. So, uh, yeah, I think if you're on left Twitter, you just, you do, you just know about them. Um, they're one of those things that just come up. Uh, Hey, let me rip the bandaid off. Everyone on left Twitter has done a James Joyce horny letters tweet. Um, but, uh, so this is kind of in the sort of same vein as that. Um, this is from, uh, Danya, uh, fine and Danya on Twitter. And, uh, Oh, it's Danya. Sorry, I'm literally just reading her bio now. It says, it's Danya, not Danya. My apologies, Danya, (laughs) if you're listening to the show. Danya. Uh, And they posted, um, went antiquing today and found what I thought were some cute letters, but turns out. And so they've posted one photo where it's a stack of letters. um, And yeah, they just look like nice, like old letters. They're tied up in sort of like a string bow and they, they look really nice. And then if you open up to the first letter, uh, this is what it says. The top says page three. And Tom keeps shoving deeper at every move. We were soon <laughs> tired and my spending made me about half conscious and it scared them. We were too tired to continue. So we called it a day. Harry slept with me that night, but I denied him the pleasure. It was a thrill to lay there and play with each other. Since then, I have been fucked standing up, sitting down sideways in the armpits between the tits, etc. <laughs> Well, this letter is now too long, so I must close. The night before I leave for home, Tom is coming over to see us for a final match. We are going to try double fucking again. We'll see you soon. (laughs) Your well-fucked girlfriend, Anne. And you could see how this could be faked, but then people in the replies to Dania have, like, found these people. Like, they found, like, their grave sites, and, like, apparently these are, like, because the address is on the front of the envelope. So they have, like, confirmed that these are, like, real people, and this is a real letter. Um, So. (laughs) Comments? (laughs) I think the armpit fucking is what's sort of throwing me off and also that they did tit fucking back then but um i i think the armpit fucking i'm just like there's other i i don't know that i would admit to that maybe or <laughs> like how forward were you but was this during when have they dated the letters was this during like the great depression or something? i think so the one let me see here so the the boyfriend was born in 1927 so these letters are okay. probably like from the i'm guessing like the 40s or 50s Okay. All right. Well, oh man. I mean, I'm 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 also like it, this is like a a a poly thing too, right? Like she's writing to her partner, but she's talking about how she's having like threesomes as well with I mean, th- this is I didn't know people were this uh wild back. I mean, I guess it did because of the James Joyce thing. Are are there more pictures of the letters? Do, do they bring up farts? No, there's just out of curiosity, no. <laughs> not because I'm No, there's not. Uh that's all that Daniel's posted so far. At least that I can okay. see. This was from just from yesterday, so. Uh um, Okay. Well. Yeah, no. I mean Oh, yeah, she said Yeah, she said this letter was in a bundle of other or they say this letter was in a bundle of other letters that looked like they were put together by the store owners. The twine was new. So there is zero context. And that was the only page of the letter. Pages one and two are lost to time or another buyer. 
She said the other letters in the bundle, including the top one with the name and address on it, may not even be associated with Anne at all. Just because two things are together doesn't mean they're from the same source. Please don't go contacting strangers and don't make assumptions. So, <coughs> so who knows? Wow. Okay. But I that guess it, it is just a good lesson that if you're going to ever get horny and write it down, people might find it like, a, you know, whatever, what's the, whatever the podcast equivalent is in like 2050 are going to be going back through the horny podcast too. <laughs> I haven't decided yet whether the idea of people searching out my gravestone because I was mentioned in a sex letter is really sad or like awesome, but it's something. <laughs> I think um, it's cool. Yeah. I yeah, think it's, I think it's kind know. of badass. Like you think, cause you probably think to yourself like, wow, I really, you know, I lived a nice life. I have a great family, but you know, I didn't really do a whole lot on earth that I'm going to be necessarily remembered for. And then the person died. If, if that's the correct person, they died in 2010. So they're mm. getting some real shine 11 years later here. Yeah. I'm just, wow. Yeah. No sex letter does sound better. I'm, I'm 29 and I already have the feeling that like one time jeopardy champion will be on my headstone. And that's a bummer. Uh, <laughs> sex letters way cooler yeah yeah get to it you know i'm gonna i'm gonna write some, some horny letters after this just for the hell of it you know just in case just to be safe basically you know <laughs> yeah that's i think a good way to do it <laughs> yeah it's better than being remembered yeah. for this stupid podcast absolutely speaking yeah. of this stupid <laughs> podcast let's move on now this is a segue this is a fucking segue oh, yeah, what did you tweet you brought receipts, Bucktail. Woo! No longer can see the post. It's a Bucktail. Woo! You probably deserved it. It's a Bucktail. Uh, uh, uh. Well, see, part of it is that I've been doing, um, I've been doing that hockey fight radio show and podcast, and uh, I've been working with Brendan Bachelor, who is a professional yes. broadcaster. A professional. And I yes. mean, his segues are out of control i mean they're so good it's almost like yeah. he's steering the conversation a minute before just to make the segue he's so good yeah. at it so i feel like i'm just by osmosis i'm like picking some things up you know um lance wow. this is your time to shine uh what uh what's your block tail i don't think you know you haven't told me so i don't even know okay well uh i'm blocked by uh more people than a potentially respectable academic should be <laughs> um <laughs> But the one that I'll bring up just to sort of fit with the theme of why you brought me is I am blocked by somewhat famous, more infamous Jeopardy champion, Arthur Chu. Yes. As soon as you yes. said the, as soon there as you go. said that, I was like, I bet he's going to say Arthur Chu. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, so it's not a huge long story. So I'll give a little bit of personal context. Uh, you know, I, I seem like a pretty uh, Classy, intelligent Jeopardy champion. I'm actually just some dude from Arkansas. Uh, I come from not, you know, uh, pretty humble beginnings. And just a couple years ago, uh, I had gotten out of my master's program. I was in student debt. And I was living in Chicago, working minimum wage at a movie theater, barely scraping by. Uh, and it was kind of a bougie movie theater. Uh, and it got specialty screenings. And we got one night only, the only theater in Chicago. The Arthur Chu documentary. Oh, no. There's a documentary? Oh. I'm I'm familiar with it in that it just basically, it doesn't paint him in a good light. No. 
No. But uh, the wait, wait the so dark- sorry. You guys got to run this back a little bit. Or Lance, maybe <laughs> you were going to tell me about it because I had no idea this existed. Tell me more about this Arthur Chu documentary. Well, the documentary is called Who is Arthur Chu, which is a great sign for a documentary when you have to ask who the subject is. <laughs> um, but, um, but it basically, it just sort of like goes about like his life and how he got to where I never actually watched it because who would? Uh, but I do know that it made him primarily look like a shitty husband whose wife had to take care of him like a man baby and do everything for him right before they divorced. Um, and was so, this, was he involved in the documentary? Like, is oh, he, yes, okay. Yes. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. He didn't make it, but like he is the but subject he's interviewed is, in it and all that kind yes, of stuff. Okay. Yes, gotcha. All gotcha. of this stuff. But it played, as I said, big city, Chicago, one night only at this one theater. And we got zero attendees. Zero. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Uh, Which, of course, led me to led me to tweet. Literally zero people came to the Arthur Chu documentary tonight at our movie theater. And if I'm a notorious name, name searcher, actually, this is the first time I've ever done it uh, with the Jeopardy thing. Arthur Chu is much worse. Uh, and after seeing this and probably some of my sort of like pro Bernie politics, shit like that, he roundly blocked me. Uh, so we are now uh, Jeopardy champions at odds. That so. is incredible, though, because like, the fact that like, cause you, the way you read it, that is your actual tweet. Like it wasn't like you were like, Hey, you know, noted fuckface Arthur Chu is document, you yeah. know, like you didn't tag you didn't him, tag him no. like literally no. all you said no. was, so no one came tonight. Weird kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, although I will say on the record, he is a noted fuckface, and I do hate him. So <laughs> <laughs> that's totally fair. I I mean mm-hmm. the the one the one main thing I know about him is the whole ants thing, where he constantly has ants falling out of his like sleeves, and uh, there's just like ants all over him all the time. And that's if, I don't know if all the tweets are gone, but there were a bunch of tweets that indicate he is very sticky and covered in ants a lot. Uh, And I think that's why he blocked me or he blocked me for making fun of, there's a picture of him sitting on the game of Thrones, uh, the throne. And there's something going on with one of his shoes that I have never seen with a shoe on anyone ever. And it's like, the entire back half of the shoe is like squished underneath his heel. And he's like just walking around with like one foot half out of the shoe. It's insane. I think maybe I made fun of that. It's either that or the ant thing, but I, he's blocked me also, or it could just be a block list thing too. Cause I think he's probably the type of guy to use a block list, but yeah, yeah, yeah I was yeah. going to say, I thought yeah. maybe he would have blocked me just from my association with a lot of people. I do know that have blocked him or he blocked <laughs> them and I'm not blocked by him. So maybe I should just wow, throw, maybe I sh- are you Dan? <laughs> Yeah, because I tweeted in 2016, Arthur Chu's claim to fame is cheating at Jeopardy. If you ask me, he should be in jail. (laughs) And he he blocked me for that. Uh, Awesome. uh, I love when producer Dan comes in with just like the slam dunk. Boom. (laughs) That's wonderful. That's really good. Uh, We have a great listener block this week as well. Uh, Another uh, noted prick, Ryan Adams. Uh, This one comes in from Sam. Hello, Block Brothers. I've got a double block. You could break down into one short block or one longer one. I won't be offended if you leave out the second part. Blah, blah, blah. I don't know why I read that. I should have read that before I got here because that was not 
important information. In any case, in 2016, I was following Ryan Adams and he tweeted a super dramatic tweet about the current state of indie music saying, how boring has music become since these roughhouse giants came crawling from their nowhere places with their guitars, their souls afire. Sigh. I really enjoyed his first two albums, but I felt like he was just being a pretentious old guy who wanted to criticize a new generation of artists. So I quote tweeted him and said, Ryan, you covered the entirety of Taylor Swift's 1989. He blocked me within 20 minutes. (laughs) And then uh, Sam goes on to say, after that, I adopted a bit where I would occasionally tweet about Ryan Adams being a bad person. In the spring of 2018, a fan of his saw one of those tweets and started demanding proof for my accusations that he was a piece of shit. I just kept responding with, if Ryan did to you what he did to my family, you'd understand. And other vague things along those lines. He kept calling me a fraud for not providing detail, and I got bored eventually. Later that year, the story broke that Adams was actually a very bad person i followed up with the fan to remind him that i was right and he responded by saying that the women in the story were lying to advance their careers he was a liberal and this was the fall of 2018 so it took me two minutes to find a few screenshots of his tweets uh with um hashtag believe women from the kavanaugh hearings i sent them to him and reminded him that women should be believed even when we like the people they're accusing and he blocked me a few minutes later Anyway, I hope you're all doing well, and please get Phoebe Bridgers on the show this year. Love, Sam. <laughs> hey, we're trying. Yeah, we're working on it. I think Phoebe has officially entered a stratosphere that we will not be entering. We were so close. We no. missed it. <laughs> we missed Phoebe by like three months. I think we had a shot, and uh, now we don't. I don't think so, but you never know. We'll keep trying. She's definitely on the list of people we'd love to have. Sam, thank you for sending that in. If you want to send in a listener block, you can do so at blocked at blockedparty.com, or you can fill out the form on our website. And uh, Stefan, it is March 1st today. Well, not today when we're recording this, but when you're Tomorrow, listening to this but, episode. Yeah. So it's big announcement time. Uh, th- That's right. Here we, here we go. go. Throughout the month of March, uh, Blocked Party, listen, we're Canadians, but we know how frustrated you are with your government down in America. You know, they keep promising stimulus, but they're not giving it to you. So Blocked Party said enough is enough. And we are going to be giving away a Blocked Party stimulus package. We're going to be giving one listener one thousand dollars. So don't know what's going on in your situation. If you got to pay some rent, got to put some food on the table. We're giving away $1,000. All you got to do is make a donation to Wavaw, our favorite charity up here in Vancouver, Women Against Violence Against Women. You send us a screenshot. You follow us on Twitter. And at the end of March, the contest will run for all of March. And then at the end, we'll pick one winner. We're going to give away $1,000. We'll have some second and third prizes of merch. It's going to be great. I think we're Stefan and I are also going to be doing a big stream at the end of March uh, to try and raise some more money yep. and some awareness for this raffle. So all the details will be on our Twitter and Instagram, uh, but pay attention to that. I, we know that you could probably use it and we would love to give it to you. So block party stimulus package. It's happening all March. We're going to give away $1,000. So check that out. You can also check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash block party, uh, where $5 a month gets you access to four bonus episodes every month. This month, we've had a great uh, just a great one last week we did trivia party with the Doughboys, which was a blast uh we also had dave and graham from stop podcasting yourself on like we said march we've got some more great bonus episodes planned as well so that should be very fun and uh you know you can follow us on twitter and instagram at block party pod you can rate and review the show on itunes subscribe do all that stuff is always helpful to us and if you like the show you can just tell a friend about it that always helps us as well lance we always like to finish the show with the top three suggested by our guest what do you have for us please 
Okay. Uh, well, I thought long and hard about this. Uh, I don't know about you guys, uh, but I have daddy issues. I don't like my dad. Uh, so I have, uh, yeah, I know it's a great start in it. Uh, so I have, uh, decided this should have been your jeopardy anecdote. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Ken, fuck my dad. Um, no, uh, my top three are the top three fictional characters you would like to have as a dad. Oh, that's a great one. That's really Mm -hmm. good. Really good. Okay. Uh, okay, Lance, you can start with your number three, please. My number three, Coach Taylor from Friday Night Lights. He's Christian. Oh, he's a conservative. Yes. So these are trouble spots, but, you know, good head on his shoulders, good to his kids, and, you know, gives you something to rebel against. You get to, you know, you could be cool by being like, nah, none of that small town Texas shit. But he seems like a really nice guy. Yeah. That's a, Coach that's Taylor, a great choice. That's a really good choice, actually. Fuck. Wow. This is going to be okay. This is going to be this is tough. I got to think this through. Um, you know what? I feel like maybe he could be a bit higher, but I'm going to go Hank Hill. Um, <laughs> you know, another another Texan guy, good head on his shoulders. Maybe we don't see eye to eye on on you know exactly the same stuff, but he's uh, he's a very good cartoon dad. Uh, and I'm going to go with uh, and I, you know what? I I feel like I threw this down at one point or another, either on the stream or or on an episode, but I. Th- I think I'm leaning towards enjoying King of the Hill more than The Simpsons, which I didn't think was possible, Whoa. but I, I think I might be there. Um, so, Big words. yeah. Uh, anyway. I adore Hank both Hill. shows, so great they're, shows. They're both fantastic. Uh, I feel like the King of the Hill like run from like season three to like season six in its prime is just like unbeatable to me. But anyway, John, go ahead. That's good. Uh, my number three, uh, he was America's favorite uncle, but I feel like also a good dad, Philip Banks from Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Uh, just, you know, judge seems like a good guy, uh, you know, was involved in the race riots, educated man, you know, seems like he also took Will in, took in his nephew as his son. Uh, and he's rich, you know, I could use like a, I could use like a pool and a nice car and shit like, but he was rich, but it didn't seem like he gave handouts to his kids, which you also have to respect as well. So I think that's my number three is Philip Banks. I gotta say, you've, you've made me feel kind of bad that all of the dads that I picked are white now. (laughs) (laughs) You've put me on the spot. Um, okay. Is it time for my number two? Yes, it is. Okay. Yep. Uh, my number two, uh, Robin Williams' character in The Birdcage. It seems like Ooh. having a, a flamboyant gay dad who runs a nightclub seems like fun. He's And, you know, his kid's really well-adjusted, plus you get, like, Nathan Lane as a stepdad. Uh, all of that just seems like a really good time, really good energy to raise a flamboyant, loud child around. I'm straight, but I am loud, uh, and I'd have a good time. That'd be fun. Yeah, that's that sounds good too. Oh, I gotta. This is tough. I think I'm gonna go with. We mentioned it earlier, but I'm gonna go with uh, Hal from Malcolm in the Middle. Another <laughs> another dad that means very well. Um, you know, it's a it's a family that sort of lives paycheck to paycheck. They know how to scrimp and save. Uh, they're they're very good parents, uh, despite some of the crazy stuff that happens. Uh, it's a very funny show, and I feel like uh, I think Hal. I think Hal is a great dad. You know. Uh, it was between him and, and Walter White for uh, uh, so <laughs> for I, I Brian went with Hal. Cranston character for, 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 for as Brian a father. Cranston, yeah. yeah, had to go with Hal. I it think. is yeah, hard it close, in though. some ways because you to separate like the character from the actor. Because I feel like it would be yeah. great to have Brian Cranston as my dad in general, but like 
in it, it's hard to choose a fictional version of him where you're like, oh, this would definitely be like a great dad to have. And I would love to have that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like, because even part of me is like, Fred Durst would be a cool dad. I mean, he's just a guy, but. Uh... Hell, Robert Durst. Eddie Durst. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Stefan was like, well, I was between those two. I'm I'm between two Dursts. Uh, that was yeah. the uh, that was the rejected Zach Galifianakis pitch to Funny or Die. <laughs> um, okay, I will go with. Oh man, yeah, this is a tricky tricky one for me because I don't really consume uh, media with dads in it. Um, <laughs> like all I can th- no, that's not true. But like all I can think of is like TGIF. Like to me, that's like the only things that are even popping in my mind. I I'm gonna choose. Ah, see, but he wouldn't even be that good of a dad. Fuck, it's hard because I'm like, oh, maybe the dad from Boy Meets World, but like he gets. Really- Do they have to be a dad or yeah? Like, can they be? Can it just be a character no. that would be good as? Okay, yeah. so they don't okay. have to be a dad. See, that opens it up a little bit. Uh, yeah, yeah. See, that's a good. That's good actually. Because yeah. Hmm. Okay, I will go with uh, on, on, along those lines. Um, I will go with uh, <laughs> people are gonna hate this. <laughs> I'll go with Jim from The Office because <laughs> I feel oh. like. We- <laughs> Oh, Jesus Christ, dude. He seems nice as a dad. I feel like he's okay. I feel like he would be a good dad and he likes sports. And that's really all I need out of a dad. So he also is a dad. I don't know if you picked him as a not that's dad. True. Yeah, 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 no, he is a dad. Yeah, he is a dad. But we're like the yeah. same. Me and him are the yeah, same yeah. age, basically. But so I'm imagining in this scenario that I'm 30 years younger and he's my dad. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I just think like, uh, maybe it's just not that complicated. Like, I feel like my dad and I have a great relationship because of sports. So I feel like if I had a dad that like worked for a sports company and was super into sports and also seems to care about his family, like that's good enough for me. So I know people will hate that choice and I don't care. Yeah. I, I hated hearing it. Yeah. So Uh. exactly. That's, and that's totally fine. I understand. Your number, your number one. one. Okay, uh, so I'm glad you asked if it could be somebody who is not a dad because my number one is not a dad, at least as far as I know. Uh, and this may be too old even for this crowd. I love fucking love Peter Falk as Lieutenant Columbo. I love Columbo, even though he's a cop. All he does all day is lock up rich assholes. And so I feel like I could learn something from him and I'd be his only son. And I feel like I could radicalize him and be like, you know, you know, you lock up all these rich psychos, dad. Why not, you know, join the working class, what have you. Uh, But he's just, it's Peter Falk. He's got an awesome energy. I love his vibe. Um, And uh, like, like having a flouncy gay dad, a, 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 Sort of crotchety Jewish dad also sounds fun. That's a great choice. Great choice. That's that's a very good choice. I hmm, I think I gotta go. I gotta go with uh, Goku. I have to do it. <laughs> it, ha- it has to be Goku. It really does. does. It, it has great, to be Goku. He, it has to be Goku. He's the most powerful being in the universe. You know. Now what in this is wrong? Gohan could, your brother, or is he out of the picture? I guess he would be my brother. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so so I've got Gohan as a brother as what, well. I don't even know uh, what you guys are saying. Chi Chi is my is my mom, I guess, oh in this case. Um, but yeah, it's it's Goku. You know, he's a, he's a, he's a great father. Uh, he, he cares for his kids, uh, and and uh, always has a he's always going off on adventures. You know, going off on adventures with your dad. He's always a, a fun time. Uh, and I would get to have the hair, presumably, also, which would be fantastic. I mean, having any hair, I think, would be great. But I think just having the Goku hair would just. I mean, I. Imagine me with well, I, hey, 
imagine me with 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 Goku hair, uh, if you will, and and that's sort of where I'm at here. So Goku, uh, my number one choice for for TV dad. Rock solid. <laughs> Thank you. I'm also Thank going you. to the world of cartoons, uh, and I'm going with Mr. Incredible from The Incredibles. Uh, just because I think okay. it would be dope to have a superhero father. I guess in this case, I would likely also be a superhero since all of their kids have superpowers. I don't know what my superpower would be, but it would be cool to be a superhero. It'd be cool to have a superhero dad in The Incredibles 1. He makes a lot of sacrifices for the family to protect their superhero identity. He works a job he hates. And he's just Mr. Incredible. And he's voiced by Craig T. Nelson, who also feels like he would be a good dad, like just in yep. life. So, <laughs> Lance, you look. Isn't like he like a Holly? Is he's like a Hollywood conservative, isn't he? Like is Craig he Craig T. Nelson? Nelson? I think he might be. It wouldn't, su- oh, wouldn't yeah. surprise Don't me. Don't quote me on that, yeah. but I think he is. Just just because he's old and I haven't heard from him recently. Because I thought so. I thought that people didn't. Wasn't there like a thing not that long ago about how he was like a good like a good guy? Or am I just making that up? I feel like there was like a thing recently on Twitter where people were just like, "Oh, look at this guy. He's he's cool," you know, or whatever. But maybe I'm also totally. I mean, he's seventy six, so. Chances are it's not great. But. Yeah, I don't remember. Hmm. I, I can't say if I saw Anyway, that. I'm sure people will get mad at me. But just keep in mind, if Craig T. Nelson is a piece of shit, Mr. Incredible is cool. And I would be happy to have him as my fictional slash real life dad. Uh, all right. Thank you very much, uh, Lance, for joining us. That was a great uh, top three. Great top three. Great to have you on the show. Glad that we could, you know, mend our... I mean, we we didn't even fight. But, like, I'm glad that uh, yeah. I got to know you a bit better. And, and we've, uh, you know, we've, we're, we follow each other. We're friends now. Mm-hmm. It's all good yes so. and i hope i've fully turned the ship around did you, you did you end up watching i wondered did you ever watch my second episode i did I yes i did yeah yeah you were good you were good yeah <laughs> i don't know i was the same amount of no annoying, no no and i also ate shit on that episode so <laughs> you didn't eat shit i mean you got a bit unlucky but you didn't eat shit i wouldn't say yeah. so well. it's okay you know it's fine i just um <laughs> Yeah, no, we don't have to go into it. It's all good. I I feel like Jeopardy is hard because I feel like if I was on Jeopardy, I would be the type of person that I don't like watching on Jeopardy, (laughs) which is like I would try to like inject my personality into the game and stuff. But I tend to like not like when people do that, which is weird. I don't know. It's hard. Jeopardy's hard. It's like people become beloved without actually doing anything. They just, they just, if you're on the game long enough and you just seem like a, an okay guy, then people just like you, you know? Uh, but no, Lance, I was all at once. We had that interaction on the Friday. Your episode was on on the Monday. The ship was fully turned around for me. I was definitely cheering for you and I was sad you didn't win more games. So we're all good, baby. It, that's it. And you're way better at Jeopardy than I would be. Like, I feel like if I got on Jeopardy, I think I'm good enough to get on, but I know that I wouldn't win unless the other people around me fucked up. I'm like a, I'm like a six to $7,000 player. I feel like unless there's a sports category, because everyone who's ever on Jeopardy is bad at sports and then I would be very good at it. Yep. Yep. Myself included. Yeah. (laughs) That's what I'm always hoping. I, I pray for it. I'm like, please, if I'm ever on, there needs to be a sports category. Uh, well, as a final olive branch, I will say you mentioned that you do a trivia night with the Doughboys, whatever. Uh, if you ever need a trivia ringer, I've got an open line. Oh, beautiful. We would love Whoa. that. Yes, I, I do. I do need a trivia ringer always. So that would be <laughs> we, should, we should bring you on and bring Jesse on again and be like, all right, Jesse, 
we've we want to make it up to you we've made it we've made it a bit easier but it's like just him versus you and you just absolutely <laughs> obliterate him i hope he doesn't listen to this part of the episode i, I insulted him earlier so he would stop listening mm. so we could plan this yeah, out smart. right now so well, we gotta do that you yeah. name the time you name the place awesome. anything to humiliate another comedian <laughs> <laughs> thanks lance uh before we go is there anything that you would like to plug uh not really just my twitter account my twitter is uh at lance saint laurent that is my real name uh l-a-n-c-e-s-t-l-a-u-r-e-n-t uh especially if you are into things related to film television and leftist politics those are sort of what i talk about um other than that all my stuff is for more academic crowds so if there are any academics listening i guess keep an eye out for me but other than that that's all i got Thanks so much, Lance. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And uh, we'll see you back here next week. Oh, and you can donate to the show, patreon.com slash block party. Go to our Twitter and Instagram at block party pod. That's where we'll have all the details about this upcoming contest throughout the month of March. And uh, we'll see you back here next week. Goodbye. Bye.